You're listening to episode number 52 of the Fearless Presentations podcast, the fastest, easiest way to eliminate public speaking fear. Absolutely eliminate public speaking fear. This podcast is the answer. Here's the guy who literally wrote the book on fearless presentations, Doug Stannard. Hello, and welcome to the Fearless Presentations podcast brought to you by the Leaders Institute and fearlesspresentations.com. I'm your host, Doug Stannard, president of the Leaders Institute, and this is the podcast that helps people just like you get rid of public speaking fear and increase your success by increasing your confidence when you communicate. This is episode number 52, so this is our one-year anniversary, which is kind of cool. Actually, it's probably a little over a year. I think we took a, a few weeks off in the uh, around Christmas time, but uh, but this is exciting that that um, how much things have changed in the last year as a result of the the podcast. By the way, this this podcast is part two of a five five part series on presentation skills, and in this episode, I really talk about the analytical presentation style that we talked about last week. So if you give technical presentations or you have to deliver presentations to stoic crowds, the tips on this podcast are really going to help a lot. I, I, spent a, I spent most of the time on the podcast talking about strengths and weaknesses of this style, but in the last few minutes, I'm going to give you a fantastic tip that will help you win over even the toughest audiences, and you can win them over to your side. So hang in for that one. Podcast is brought to you by fearlesspresentations.com. And if you have questions or comments, uh, visit the show notes on fearlesspresentations.com. Now, you can access the show notes. The easiest way to do that is just to look in the description if you're on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever it is that you're that you're using to download the podcast. There should be a, a notes section or a, a description right next to the, the title. And in that, you'll, there should be a link to the fearlesspresentations.com website that will take you to the show notes for this particular um, podcast. If you don't see that, by the way, it's real easy to find. Just go to fearlesspresentations.com. Just type in the title of the presentation. So just type in analytical presentation styles Really, all you need. You type that into the search bar and, and it'll come up um, at, the, at the top of the, of the search page. So on each one of these podcast note pages, though, we give a, we, we give a ton of additional information, a ton of additional details uh, and on the subjects that, we, that I cover on the podcast. But there's also an area at the bottom of each page for comments and questions. So if you ever qu- have questions or if you want to make a comment or if you're, um, you know, you can just say, "Hey, great job, Doug," or whatever. Or, Man, this sucks, or whatever it is. You know, leave that in a comment, and and it'll help us kind of make adaptations to the podcast as we go. You can also tweet me at at fp class. So at fp like fearless presentations at fp class. That goes directly to me. Um, also, you can check out the Fearless Presentations uh, channel on YouTube. We, we, this is something that we've had a, a Leaders Institute channel for years, um, but Leaders Institute, we do other things, things other than just the Fearless Presentations classes. So we've, we do uh, team building and leadership and stuff like that. So uh, so we created an, an entire channel just for Fearless Presentations. Now, we've only been doing this for a few months, and, and, it's, and it's really starting to take off now 
primarily because people are kind of searching for us based on the podcast and stuff like that. So, so um, if you're interested in that, there's there's lots of uh, free tips on the Fearless Presentations channel on YouTube. Um, we we have 15 Fearless Presentations classes coming up in in the third quarter. Now, some of these are actually full thanks to you guys so some of you in fact i suspect that there's probably quite a few people that are that are listening to the the podcast today that have actually been listening to or continue to listen to the the podcast who are, are coming to some of these classes but the class we do have a class coming up uh, on the 13th, which I think is this week, uh, 13th and 14th in Nashville. And I think there's one seat left in that. Um, the, the ones that are the, uh, the, la- the other class that's this week and the ones that are coming up uh, next week, so Washington, D.C., Dallas, Los Angeles, those are all full now. So they're, they're sold out. No more spots for that one, for any of those. Um, the Orlando, Florida one that's on the 27th and 28th, I think still has a couple of seats. Portland's pretty full. I think there might be one or two seats in that one as well. So basically for the next five or six weeks or so, most most of the classes are sold out. So if you're interested in any of those or if you want to get on the waiting list, make sure to go to fearlesspresentations.com. Make sure and register for that as soon as possible. Uh, next month, we have classes in Austin, Cincinnati, Boston, Chicago, Miami. Uh, we also have our class in Vienna, Vienna, Austria next month as well. Philadelphia is also next month. And then in, in November, we have our classes in Denver, Minneapolis, Milwaukee, Charlotte, San Francisco, Baltimore, Houston, Las Vegas. And then we have our two classes uh, in Dublin and London uh, in the UK and in, in Ireland. So if you're interested in any of those classes, make sure and go to fearlesspresentations.com and register because those classes do fill up fairly quickly. So let's get on with today's podcast. So welcome back. Uh, last week, I gave you an overview of the four main personality styles. And this week, we're going to cover just w- the strengths and weaknesses of one of those major styles, the analytical presentation style. Now, if you took the test last week and, and you kind of realized that, hey, this is not my my presentation style, you'll still get good content out of this podcast. Because if you can kind of figure out what people really like about each one of these styles, you can actually adapt some of the positive things that that style is doing and eliminate some of the negative things as well to make your presentation style much more relatable to, to more people. So it should be really helpful, even if this isn't your, your style. If you happen to be an analytical type presenter, or if you present to a culture that uh, is highly analytical, then you're going to get some great value out of the, out of this session. So, uh, it, so this the analytical presentation style. If you remember back from last week, this is the style of presenter that is more on the indirect side of the chart, and it's more logical. So, just as a review. By indirect, we mean that this style of presenter will often be more detailed and be more thorough. And by logical, we mean that this style will focus more on the facts and the data, statistics and stuff like that. So you'll find the the style of presentation, this style of presentation, more frequently in certain industries, though. So if you happen to work in a scientific industry or a technical industry, uh, anything related to computers or or accounting or engineering, you're going to have a high concentration of analytical style presenters. 
Um, so we're going to cover the other three styles, the energetic, the authoritative, and the, uh, the empathetic style in the, the next couple of sessions. So let's talk a little bit about the analytical presentation style. So let's, let's focus on the strings first. And I, I kind of gave just a little bit of overview for some of these things. We're going to go in a little bit more detail this week. But one of the major strengths of the analytical presentation style is that they are really, really detail-oriented. So it's the details that make the analytical really effective at presenting. So as we as we mentioned last week, um, the the that strength, that detail in the delivery is really one of the key things that makes this presentation style effective. So natural analytical style presenters will will they're going to be extremely thorough. And as a result, the presentations are going to have a nice orderly flow. Uh, they're they're going to cover uh, details and data that will explain the content in the content anyway in depth. And um, and it's going to prove that the person who's speaking really knows what he or she is is talking about. So they they really know this topic inside and out. So it's always a good idea for the analytical presenter to spend a little bit more time narrowing down the topic. Since you are likely to put in the, a lot of details, if you don't narrow down your topic, it's going to take you weeks or months to create your presentation. And mo more than likely, you're going to end up with a bunch of stuff that you're much more stuff than you'll ever be able to cover in the in the actual presentation. So details is the that's the main strength that they have. The second big strength that the that this presenter style has is the is they have content. So out of all the presentation styles, the analytical is the most likely to have way more content to deliver than he or she could ever cover in the set organized time period that they're that they're given. So as a result, they're often going to have lots of handouts and charts and graphs to accompany their presentation. They're going to spend a lot more time on the preparation part of the presentation. Now, one of the things that a lot of times folks will will not really see in the analytical style, but it is an often a, a big strength, is the humor. That's the third real strength that this presentation style has, is that they're funny. They have a great, great sense of humor. In fact, many of the most famous comedians of all time have been really analytical style presenters. This is this style of presenter has a it's got a natural they've got a natural sense of, of humor. It's a dry sense of humor and it's really entertaining. So people like Jerry Seinfeld, Bob Newhart, Bob Hope, those were all analytical presenters and each of those comedians were so good at their craft that they were really popular among a number of different generations and, and still are. Yeah. So, so those guys are, are uh, very, very funny. Uh, in fact, it, it, I, I was doing some research on the, um, when I was putting together the podcast, and I found a quote by Bob Newhart where he described the analytical presenter really well. He said, comedians are innately programmed to pick up on oddities like mispronounced words, upside down books on a shelf, and generally undetectable mistakes that, that we make in everyday life. And that's really what, I mean, that sums up the analytical presenter. Very detail-oriented. They pick up on those those mistakes and to 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 them they're funny right so when they point out those oddities to us it makes it, it helps bring us into their humor and everything so it's pretty funny um the weaknesses of the analytical presenter are they've got these really really great strengths but they also have equal and opposite weaknesses now the, one of the major weaknesses of being so detail oriented 
is that the people in the audience most likely are going to think of them as being boring. So that's the absolute biggest weakness of the analytical presenter is that they're often described as being boring, right? They're, they're monotone. So they have a natural delivery style that tends to be more slow and methodical. They, they're, it, 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 it's almost as though they're, it's a struggle to get it out because they want to make sure they cover it in great detail. Um, so if you if you're uh, by the way because of this style because of the way that they communicate they're often seen as being as having kind of a lack of enthusiasm about what they're talking about um, one of the the famous um, caricatures of this style ever created in in a movie was uh, Ben Stein playing the economics teacher in Ferris Bueller uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off you know so the there were a couple times that that they they focused in on on Ben Stein's classroom where Ferris Bueller's not there and uh, the first time is just the one that's that most people remember is where um is the is where the teacher is is taking role you know, Bueller, Bueller, Bueller. That's the one that most people remember. But later on in the movie, they come back, and he's actually giving a real economics lesson. I think it's on the Smoot-Hawley tariff or something like that. And uh, and you, and they're, it, they're panning through the the camera. People are panning through the the actor kids in the in the classroom, and they're all just kind of uh, dozing off, falling asleep. Um, so that I mean, that's again, that's a caricature of the analytical style of presenting, but. The reason what makes it so funny is that there's some element of truth in that caricature, right? So, uh, so, so keep that in mind. If you happen to be an analytical analytical presenter, then you might have to kick up the enthusiasm a little bit. Another big challenge that the analyticals will have is that they sometimes do what we call overkill. You know, and I I sometimes joke jokingly say that. Um, that when we're talking about analyticals, you know, a little data is good, a lot of data is better, and then too much data is just right. So, and that's the way a lot of a lot of analyticals will think is that you want to give way more content in there. So just jam pack it full of statistics and data and charts and graphs and all that kind of stuff. So remember that the audience members can't really focus on any more than one thing at a time, though. So the more data that you put that you that you jam into a single setting the more overwhelmed the audience is going to be during the presentation and, and after the presentation is over. So often it's better to put your data into an into a handout or anything that's that's more detailed. Um, you want to have it to where that they can kind of take it with them. So a, a, a pamphlet or a handout or, so, or a book or a manual or something like that that they can take with them. You don't want to have to go through the entire thing in the presentation. But if people do want the details and find out where you came up with these conclusions, they can go back and, and follow your logic. And, and usually that's a much better way to kind of deliver all the details. So we sometimes think that it's, it's better to explain everything that we know about the topic in the presentation. That's my, my job as the presenter is I've got this topic and I have to explain to the audience every single thing that I know about this topic. Otherwise, I failed. Well, that's a really unrealistic expectation. Remember that you can only cover the most important things that your audience really needs to know right now. And if you do that, you're going to have a much, much, much better presentation. So, so lay back on the overkill. Um, the third kind of challenge that the academics will, I'm sorry, that the analyticals will sometimes have is that they become what we call over academic. The analytical presenter will sometimes forget that good communication is a combination of both good content 
and it's got to be delivered in an entertaining way. So they, they focus so much on the data and on the content that they forget to make the presentation interesting. Captivating stories along with using analogies to reinforce the bullet points, those are things that really help the audience take the content that you're giving to them and, and really remember it and retain it. It's a big part of the, of the communication process. And sometimes the analytical presenter will, will kind of forget about that because they're focused so much on the data, so much on the, on the content. A good example of this was my, my business, law, business law professor when I was in college. Was, um, he, was, he, he used to use this technique, by the way. He was an extremely detailed presenter. I mean, attorney, he, uh, very analytical, very academic, uh, really smart guy. One of my favorite teachers, though, in all of college. And the reason why, though, was because he knew that his normal presentation style was going to be kind of dry and boring. And and so what he would do is he would give us the dry and boring content, but then he would always reinforce it with some kind of real life story of how that law was used in real life. You know, how some business or some criminal got got caught with that law. And it was always made it always made the learning much more interesting when we were when he was telling us about something that was that was more relatable to us, right? So so he intermixed those real stories from his experience as an attorney and he made the class much more interesting. Um, and, and again, he was, he was really one of my favorite professors throughout my entire college career. Um, so, uh, so that's the third, third big challenge that the analytical will have. The fourth major challenge that the, uh, that the analytical will have, though, is just giving way too much material. So this is, this is one that can really backfire on you if you're not careful. So people will fall into the, the overkill category um, above, you know, what, what, that thing that we were talking about a few minutes ago, they'll fall into that overkill category when they're preparing their content. And what they're going to do is they, they just they don't want to run out of stuff. And so they over-prepare. And so they put so much stuff into their slideshows, putting so much content in there that as they start to deliver the presentation and they realize, look down at the clock and realize that they're only two slides in and they've only got five, four minutes left in their presentation, what tends to happen is they just start skipping stuff. They start skipping important content. They start zooming through that, that content in a way that just makes it really confusing for the audience. And, and so in order to fix that challenge, that speaker will often... Yeah, just basically, they, they, they tend to skip that important material. They just breeze through all the complicated steps, and, and at the end, the audience is just kind of dazed and confused. So so be careful not to fall into that trap. So with all that being said, so, so the analytical has some really, really positive things, the details, the thoroughness. You, it's going to be tough to argue with the analytical when he or she is presenting, but they also have weaknesses. A lot of times they're seen as boring and low energy and, um, and can, can put way more content in than, than what they can cover in a presentation. So what we're going to do here is cover just five little simple things that the analytical person can do to help create a much better presentation. And even if you're not analytical, you can use some of these things as well to help you be a much better presenter as well. So the, the first thing that you can do is make your topic more focused. So remember that you can't realistically tell your audience every single thing that you know about the topic in a single sitting. So instead, you, you want to look at your presentation from the audience's perspective. If, if you were sitting in the audience, what would be the most critical outcome or understanding from that presentation that you would want to 
to, to gain from sitting through the presentation? You know, what, what would make sitting through this presentation really worthwhile? And once you determine what that main outcome is, make that main outcome your topic. I'll give you a good example here. So let's say that you're giving a, a quarterly financial report to the board of directors. You, you don't want to make the title or the focus of that quarterly financial report the name quarterly financial report or quarterly report. Instead, you want to ask yourself, okay, out of all the stuff that happened in this past quarter, what are the most critical financial outcomes that the board are going to be most interested in. And whatever that those things are, that becomes the focus of the presentation. You can't tell them everything that happened in the quarter. You just want to tell them the things that are most important to what they want to know right now. So your presentation should just highlight those those important items. Um, obviously, you can't go into to great detail, depending on how much time you have to speak, but most likely you're going to have a, a fairly short period of time. So you want to so just focus on those things that are most important. So instead of focusing on quarterly report, let's say, okay, what would this board of directors, what would they really need to know? Or what do they want to know about what happened last quarter? And let's just say that the thing that, that was top of mind when, we, when we're putting together that quarterly report is that shareholder equity increased. So if that was the case, then I'm going to make that my topic. I'm going to make that my title. Shareholder equity increased 2.1% this quarter. And now, because that title is so much more focused, it's going to be much easier to design the presentation, to fit it within that time frame, and to make it more interesting for, for the audience. Because now we're not covering everything under the sun. It's focused on one specific part of that topic that's most interesting to the audience. So anytime you give a presentation, you really want to do this. And by the way, I, this is a, a great tip for the analytical presenter, but this is the same thing that we teach in every single one of the, the fearless presentations classes that, that either I or my instructors teach around the world is, is that when you're designing your presentation, focus on what the audience wants and focus and, and get that topic focused on just the things that are most important to the audience at this time. If you do that, it's going to make it make for a much, much easier to design presentation and it's going to be way easier to deliver as well. So now once you've got your good your good topic, obviously you're going to come up with some content for each one of the for you know a series of bullet points. Um, my suggestion is, and this is not one of the bullet points that we're going to talk about here, but my suggestion is kind of limit it to three, four, five key things. If you can come up with three, four, five key things that the audience needs to know, you're going to have a pretty well designed presentation. Now once you have those things in mind, you want to insert stories and examples to clarify. The content. So once you have those those three, four, five key bullet points, go back and insert some stories to to verify that. Um, so I, I'll give you a couple examples of this, and and you can kind of compare the two. the 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 standard kind of analytical presentation with lots of data, lots of financials, lots of numbers, lots of content will sound something like this. Let's say I'm giving a sales presentation and and uh, and I, I might give a, 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 a series of data that sounds like this. So since our last sales meeting, the average number of RFIs has decreased slightly by 1.2%. In fact, our sales reps responded to 980 requests in the previous in in the previous report, the previous time frame, and only 970 in this period. Of those 970 requests, 165 were 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 going to contract or had gone to contract. Now we closed 166 of those contracts in the last report. So we went from 165 to 166. Uh, however, even though 
the total contracts were down slightly. Total revenue increased significantly. In the last report, our average revenue from contract was $6,490. But in this period, the average increased significantly to $7,235 per contract. So if you look on the screen, I have a graph that addresses each of these data points so that you can see their relationship. <laughs> so I, even, I had to read that, and even reading it, that was tough, right? So that's a, that's a really, really tough way to give a presentation. There's a good chance that if you're listening in your car or listening while you're jogging, you're going, what? Huh? Man, lots of numbers, lots of data. The data didn't correspond to anything in real life. So if I were going to, if I'm an analytical presenter, I can still give that data, but I could tell it in a story format. I can give you the background about what that data means, and it makes it a whole lot more interesting. So see if this is a little bit better. So although the total number of requests for information and the number of contracts were similar in the last two pay periods, revenue actually increased dramatically. In fact, our sales team has been focusing on increasing the average revenue per contract by upselling additional services when they're talking to clients. And, and it's, it's really beginning to pay off. In fact, one of our sales reps, Joe, just closed a big contract with J.P. Morgan last week, which was repeat business. But um, since we already have a relationship with the buyer, since Joe knows him and he knows Joe and we've already done work together, Joe promoted a couple of new service lines to the client. Um, and as a result of him promoting those new service lines, they actually upped their order in this period from from $21,000 in the last period to $27,000. So about $6,000 more in that one single contract. So that's And that's just one contract. So we had a few upsell orders just like that. So the total revenue actually went up a total of about 11% in this period. And we're going to continue this policy to see if we have similar numbers in the next period. So so basically, in that format, I'm giving the background. I'm giving the story. I'm 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 telling the the audience where those numbers came from, and I'm not just bombarding them with a bunch of data that they have to figure out. In that first example, I gave lots of data, but the the, the data didn't. I didn't connect that data to any conclusion. <laughs> so it leaves the interpret in the interpretation part of the of the communication process. To the listener. In the second example, however, I was much. It was a much clearer way to deliver the data. Now, it probably wasn't perfect, but hopefully, you can kind of see that by giving examples and stories and stuff like that, it makes that technical content much easier for people, especially folks who are not technical by nature, to understand it and and be able to retain the information. So the third thing that you can do to make your technical presentations more interesting or, or uh, to make them more fun is to use your humor to entertain. So humor can be added in a lot of different ways. You can tell a self-deprecating story. Those are always kind of fun. Um, clever analogies can also work really well. And I don't suggest that you tell jokes, but funny anecdotes often work really, really well. Uh, in, in one of my classes years ago, I had a, a young lady who was uh, talking about how the data from two of the different departments that she worked with was not getting transferred between from one day one department to another. It wasn't wasn't being shared effectively anyway. And she she said that it, she used a self-deprecating story 
as an analogy to kind of show how that was how that was working and or not working, I guess. But basically what she said was that the data exchange that they were experiencing was kind of like when she and her boyfriend got their first checking account together. She said that he was keeping track of his transactions and she was keeping track of her transactions, but there was nobody that was actually keeping track of both of the sets of transactions. So so since that was the case, before long, they just had a big mess. And she said that that's how the two departments are, were, were communicating at, at the current time. And because they weren't sharing the communication, because there wasn't one place that that communication was being shared, they, it was causing a similar challenge in their in their company. And, of course, while she's telling the story, she, she was really elaborate in the way that she kind of told the story. And so she had the whole audience laughing with her. You know, So it was, it was kind of a fun way to do it. So use that humor to entertain. Fourth thing that you can do is to give your data in a handout. And we talked about this a little earlier, but if you have a lot of data, you can give it to the audience in a handout. Don't try to put a bunch of charts and graphs on the on the screen on a, on a slideshow. Most of the time, it's not going to work very well anyway. Don't try to cover all the data in the slideshow. I, I, I mean, it doesn't matter how good you are at delivering information. If you have way too much data, your delivery is going to be boring. So be very careful about that. Give the data in a handout. And then the last thing is you want to speed up your delivery. One of the easiest ways to improve your delivery, if you happen to be an analytical presenter, is just to speak a little bit faster. Typically, the analytical presenter will 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 speak fairly slowly. So, so just speaking... If you speak and move just a little bit faster than normal, then your audience will see that speed as energy. They'll see that as enthusiasm. Um, one of my early presentation coaches used to tell me, "You want to you want to present like you're double parked. You know, present like your car's about to be towed." If you keep that in mind, um, then then it will help you kind of keep your energy up throughout the entire presentation. Now, remember that this is a tip for the analytical presenter. If you happen to be an authoritative speaker or an energetic speaker, like we talked about last week. Don't speed up. You're you're going to talk fast naturally. So so that's it's, this is basically just for the analytical speaker. So speak a little bit faster if you happen to be analytical. Now I know this goes against conventional wisdom, but uh, it's it, this is one of the most important things that one of these technical presenters or one of these analytical speakers can do to improve their performance. So so don't. Um, uh, um, don't avoid doing that. I mean, basically, you, you definitely want to kind of speed up that delivery because it's going to make you much, 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 much better, much more entertaining presenter. So last thing we're going to cover just in closing here is what the heck do I do if my style is different? Let's say I'm an enthusiastic and energetic speaker or I'm an authoritative speaker. I'm an empathetic speaker, but I'm presenting to an analytical audience. That's the way they like. They like that dry, boring stuff, Doug. <laughs> well, I'll give you give you an example from my own personal experience. A couple of decades it's been a couple of decades ago, but I was I was asked to be a guest speaker at the Petroleum Accountants Association in Fort Worth. Great organization, by the way, but but when I was introduced, they just kind of the, the speaker kind of gave me a, it was a I don't know, maybe two-minute introduction with all my accolades and everything. And most of the time, after somebody introduced me, there's kind of a round of applause. You know, the audience will kind of applaud. But there was, no, there was nothing. It was just dead silence when I, when I, when I started to speak. So I was, it was a little uncomfortable. So kind of awkward getting started. And I'm looking around the room, and there's no smiles anywhere. I mean, the group was just really stoic. And I started to get a little concerned because 
I'm used to interacting with my audience. I'm I'm used to having my audience laughing at my jokes and having fun within you know just a couple seconds or minutes of the time that I get started. I'm a, I'm a fairly energetic kind of presenter, right? It took me the better part of about 30 minutes to get the group loosened up enough. Now, when I finished, I got a huge round of applause, and and I had no fewer than, it must have been about a dozen or so of the participants. There's probably 120 people in the room, and about a dozen or so kind of rushed up to me after the, the speech. And each one of those dozen people that came up to me was asking me if I could come speak at their company. And I, I was shocked. I was just kind of confused because... From my perspective, the speech was really, at best, mediocre <laughs> compared to some of my other keynotes. But to them, though, I was a superstar. I, I didn't really realize this until later, but but the group absolutely loved my delivery. And they loved it because I was giving them something that most other speakers to the association just wouldn't give them. The, the culture of the group was extremely analytical. So they were used to presenters that would have, they would come in with 120 slides in their slide deck. And each one of those slides had 15 bullets and, and each one of them had charts and graphs and all that kind of stuff. They were used to the slow and methodical delivery. <laughs> so when I stood, stood up, with just a single slide and and uh, and and some really well designed bullet points. I had lots of stories and I was inserting humor. They just they absolutely loved it. So the main takeaway here is that you don't have to overturn the cart when you're going in to speak if you're speaking to the analytical group or an analytical culture. Uh, you just have to be a little bit better than what they're used to. And they're going to love you. So if you deliver your presentation with just a little bit more energy than, than what they're used to, if you just cover a few fewer slides than what they're used to, if you just tell a few more stories than what they're used to, the analytical audience is going to absolutely love you. So so if you're an analytical speaker, these are some tips that you can use to, to help you become a much, much better presenter Use the strengths that you have, minimize the weaknesses, and you're going to become an awesome speaker. Uh, If you're one of the other three presentation styles, we're going to cover those on on the next couple of podcasts. So make sure and and come back because those are, if you happen to be the analytical presenter, you're going to want to hear the tips that I give for each one of these other groups as well because I think you're going to find that some of the things that make you a great speaker are some are also going to be similar to some of the things that make some of these other folks great as well. So we'll see you next week on the Fearless Presentations podcast. Subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week. 